Welcome to the Forward Focused Flashcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we're honored you're here. If you're returning, welcome back. At Forward Focused, we have episodes designed to help us be a better and more well-rounded leader with quick tips that we can implement right away into our life and in our business. Today, we have the privilege to share with you a sit down that I had with Terry Foster Nolan, my coach for the last six plus years. I'm so excited to bring you this conversation because she shares with us the power of coaching, how people can unlock their fullest potential and how accountability on a regular basis helps you accomplish so much more and that in five years, you can be anywhere that you desire to be. So let's dive in. Terry, I'm just absolutely honored and thrilled. And to be honest with you, I wanted to have you on the podcast sooner. And I didn't feel like uh, I was qualified yet. Uh, And we didn't really nail our systems on the forward focus side to have you on. We wanted to make sure we had everything dialed in um, to have you on. So it's an absolute honor. For those of you that don't know, Terry um, has been my coach since 2016. And actually, she was my first ever professional coach. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But a little bit about Terry uh, beyond being an amazing human being. Uh, Terry uh, broke into the real estate world in the early 80s, 1983. I know she doesn't look it, um, but she's got some experience under her belt in that regard. And uh, she joined Keller Williams in 1996 and was instrumental and still is instrumental in the growth and direction of Keller Williams. And um, then in 2010, 2009, 2010, was tapped on the shoulder because again, Keller Williams and real estate can be the land of opportunity, right? And uh, became a coach. And now, um, well over a decade later, uh, has nearly 20,000 hours under her belt and a whole lot of designations and experiences. I'll let her kind of chat on. But if you're if you're interested at all, uh, the conversation today with Terry is going to just be about um, really like the journey of coaching, uh, what coaching can provide. Um, and what growth looks like, uh, both personal and professional. So anyways, Terry, we're so thrilled that you're here. And uh, would you add anything or change anything to what I introed you on? Uh, There's not a whole lot, John. Um, No, not not a lot. I other than, you know, uh, there's a question you would ask me about some highlights in my coaching life. And, you know, not to suck up or anything, but John's one of those, right? Just to be able to have watched him since 2016. So we can talk about that a little bit more, I'm sure. But the only other thing that I would add would be um, I'm at a time in my life where I'm getting to enjoy what I dreamed to enjoy, which is, you know, if I had my wall of pictures behind me right now, you would see a wall of grandchildren, and we've got four and it it's just a fun journey and having to get the opportunity to coach and do what I do now is has afforded me that right um, to be able to be with them and do some fun things with them. So I would add that that being gaga um, <laughs> is now kind of one of the ultimate things in my world. It's part of um, the mission that we have or that I have, which is growing leaders to be authentic legacy changers. And I choose that those kids are going to be legacy changers one day, and they're just going to carry on uh, years and years and thousands of years from now, if if we're all still here, that's (laughs) the legacy they choose to leave. So that's a big part of what coaching does for me too. So 
Yeah, I know. I know legacy is a huge thing for you. And we actually yeah. you and I talk about legacy quite a bit. Was there a, yeah. a, a person or people in your world that helped you focus and kind of hone in on legacy being so critical to who you are? Oh, yeah. You know, I have to give full credit to Sherry Lewis for number one, re- you know, reaching out her hand and saying, hey, Terry, I want you to be a part of Keller Williams. And I have to be uh, very grateful for Mo Anderson, who said, honey, I want you to be a MAPS coach when I didn't want to be. And I have to give credit for Di- to Diana Kokoska for pushing my buttons um, on all the grow, 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 right? Um, in my world. And I think the person that has made me think about legacy the most in the past 10 years yeah. has been Craig Grishel. Um, I believe Craig Grishel and John Maxwell have helped me think beyond legacy being at the end of my life, you know, or the end of my trust. In fact, a whole new idea. There's a whole new idea I have that really has been recreated in my head in the past 10 years about what a trust really is. And it, it has nothing to do with the immediacy after your death or what happens to what you have when you pass away. It's what you choose to have happen hundreds of years from now right. and what you want to leave behind. So I would give all those people credit right, right. now. I love that. Yeah. St- definitely standing on shoulders of giants, right? Oh, absolutely. Tell me a little bit about, um, if I'm listening to this and you know I'm hearing the way in which Terry thinks and operates, tell me a little bit about what coaching actually means. Like I think sometimes we 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 put coaching or this idea of coaching like everybody's a coach now, right? What what, what really is coaching? And and second to that, what do you look for in your clients and what should they expect from a great coach? Kind of a twofold there. What is coaching and what are the expectations we look for or want to get out of it? Coaching and my first coach, Cherie Lowry, probably is the one who really helped nail this down for me, although I've had many great coaches. Um, They help you see beyond what you think you can see. So, for instance, many of us have a real challenge dreaming five years out from now or being able to say in five years or at the end of my life, right? This is what I want to have happen. And a real coach helps you understand where you are and they help you work out of, you know, we all live in the the first part of our brain system, the brain stem. We kind of live in this place called a lizard brain. And if you want to get into neuroscience and we live there pretty, pretty consistently. And what a coach does is they come out, come in and help you get out of that first part of that brain and get into the part of the brain that's the limbic system that helps you get out of the cycle of your thinking and break through to what you think you could never think about before, if that makes sense. So that's what a coach does. All right. And then the second question you asked me was. Basically, uh, if I'm a coaching client or considering looking at coaching for the first time, what, what should be expected of me as the client and what should the client maybe expect of their coach? Okay. I, first of all, there has to be alignment. And it, the, the clients that I particularly look for have similar similar alignment in the area of values. Yeah. So my top three values, I'm very clear what those are. And I want to know that the clients that I begin working with, I want to know what their values are so that I can always tie that back in to where they're headed in their future, right? The, the end outcome or the result. 
Um, I look for people that are just like we do in leaders. They're they're looking for they they're, they have initiative. They they maybe don't even have a big why yet, and that might be part of what they need. Sometimes, John, I'm not going to lie. There's just a little intuitiveness. Uh, once we go through a really great needs analysis or an assessment to find out if we're a real fit or not, right? Because I have to believe that I'm the right coach for that person. And that person has to be committed every week to getting to at least another result, right? Taking one small step forward or even being patient enough to work through the process because a lot of times, um, this is a phrase that I like to use, the demands are greater than the resources. And sometimes we don't even know what the resources are yet, but the demands are there and we can feel them. So sometimes that was, that's what makes the best coaching client is they don't even know what their resources are yet. And we get to work together to self-discover that. I, I like to call that co-create things together, right? If you're looking for a coach to tell you what to do, that's not coaching, right? right? That's training. Right. And and even though training get, gets worked into a little bit of what we do, I'm looking for people that I can ask some really great questions or ask them to consider things. And it may be one thing at a time every week, may not even be one thing, right? You've been there. It's got to be, you've got to self-discover that. So I want to take us back a little bit. Like I had mentioned at the start of this conversation, you were my first professional coach and um, we've grown together. I I feel like we continue to grow and I get pushed and challenged and I've been blessed to have different roles and positions within KW. I've, you know, been a maps coach myself and obviously what we're doing at Forward Focus now and, you know, team leader and an OP and different things like that. And at every level, you've you've definitely challenged me for thinking of, okay, what's next and where where do you and Haley, my wife, uh, fit into that plan, right? And I remember specifically, this was about six months into coaching and I had reached out to you via email or text. I can't remember how, but I basically said, like, I, I need some clarity on, you know, how my activities every day in this role are going to align with my goals. And it, I wasn't throwing in the towel on the team leader position, but at that six month mark, it's like you either are getting in and moving toward your goal or or moving away. And I remember you, you took a, a uh, just over an hour with me and we did a life by design financial analysis yeah, and yeah. You, you pushed me so hard to think about what would it look like to be basically financially independent with no mortgage, right? And, and what came from that was this idea of thinking bigger, this idea you were also were role modeling, I didn't even realize at the time, but role modeling what I could be doing with agents to help them live a life by design. And so the outcome for that was within three years, there was three things we wanted to do. No student loans, no mortgage on our condo that Haley and I had bought and to cash flow the wedding. And we had three years to do the condo. <clears throat> we had two years to do the student loans. And you know we had two years for the wedding because that was the timeline of when I was getting married. And we paid off the condo within 28 months. So just over two years, we, we beat that goal. We did cash flow the wedding and um, at the end of that second year, it was Christmas time because we did this call in like December, January. So two years later, we owed 10 grand left. I don't know if you remember this day, but we owed $10,000 still. And Haley felt her stocking and goes, babe, it's December 23rd. Are you not going to get me anything for my stocking? And I go, well, maybe you should look in there. And I had written a check for 10,100 and some dollars to pay off 
And it was all because of, you know, you pushing me. I, I never thought I'd be able to write a check for 10 grand to pay off a debt like that. And so I share that story for a few reasons. One, to be vulnerable and just open around how coaching has truly impacted me. And, and two, to give you credit and praise because I don't know if every single coach, again, that's the alignment. We, we had built our relationship and you pushed me to think bigger and it's definitely benefited Haley and I. Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, I am, have absolutely been a student of John Maxwell since 2004 and he uses the word, especially now as I'm getting ready to deliver some uh, generational diversity material you know, it's really clear that your roles change as you get older and that's okay. And some of the stuff that you're going through that this success that you're mentioning right now would be something I would only wish that I would have understood at your age, right? And so there's some um, connection and passion around what you just said, because it's sometimes kind of fun to watch people do what you didn't do and you should have done. And that is that is part of mentorship even in the coaching relationship. So um, I'm glad you shared that. And, and that's an example of things that a coach actually forgets, John. You know, we forget some of those little victories like that. That's a big victory. But yeah. those little, that one hour phone call, that would be one of those things that I would rack up to being one of the highlights of a coaching life, right? Yeah, and, I, and I'm just ever grateful for that. And I, whenever I'm on a coaching call with a client, I um I remember how you how you created an environment and atmosphere to allow me to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable around that situation and be honest so I could really have a breakdown for the breakthrough, right? That's what we call that. And anyways, I just wanted to publicly thank you for that and um I wanted our listeners to understand that too because it's it's, well, special. You mentioned it's a special really relationship. Great. I'm going to add something really quick. So you okay. just call, you just talked about an environment that a coach should create, and that's a, an environment of psychological safety. And that does not happen overnight. You've got to understand the coach cares. You've got to understand that you can trust your coach and there's a confidential relationship. And then you that that client has to believe you can help change their business. If I don't have those three things where I've created a psychologically safe environment for clients, then I probably shouldn't be coaching them because we're not going to have breakthroughs. Yeah. The way I understand that, and I think Gary Keller talks about this consistently is, do they like you? Do they trust you? And do they feel that you can add value to their world? And, right. and if you can do, if you have those three things and that's what we focus on and that's what you know is present in our relationships, then we know that we're moving the needle forward in our life and our business, right? So anyways, I uh, kind of transitioning here a little bit. Is there a common struggle that you've identified as a pattern with clients over the years, uh, whether it's in real estate or outside of real estate? Because you, you coach folks outside of real estate too. What, what's a common struggle or common struggles you see around like entrepreneurs or business leaders that, that you find um, is a pattern that has developed over, over well, the years? You know, I, Debbie Frapp and I are working on this right now, my partner in Matters of Influence. And one of the things we were talking about that when demands are greater than resources, over the past, that's, there's a little bit of a flip side of that. In the past five years, because of the, the surge of technology and how fast things are changing. I mean, you can't, the next day something is different, not just in our industry and in every industry, because technology 
the ability to get information is it, it's just so easy. The resources almost are higher than the demands, meaning there's so many choices, right? There's so many choices. There's so much opportunity. It's almost like living in a creativity world where you go, oh, I like that. And I like that. And I like that. And I would say the biggest challenge of most clients right now used to be their calendar, right? I would say that's still a challenge and being very succinct about what they know your their calendar has to look like to support their goals. Sure. Super disciplined and locked in on what it needs to look like. Absolutely. And we can create this really, really great, great calendar and then we don't use it. Right. And I would say that's the biggest challenge still in the past five to 10 years we've had. However, this whole idea of having a lot of choice, a lot of resources, uh, a lot of new ideas, social media is just making it worse. I mean, we have to have it and it's not going away. It's just making it worse. So a coach's biggest challenge is to reel people back in to use. I mean, that's not a great term to use, but to kind of reel people in from a cycle of let's do this and let's do this. And, oh, I've got to look like that. And I've got to make that much money. And if I don't do that, my business won't won't work. That's not true because we are all still individually built and have our individual strengths. And the coach has to reel all of that creativity back down to what's most important. What's the one right. thing? Right. Right. What's the what's the second thing? What's the third thing? OK, now let's go get more ideas and then also measure the results of what we said we would do. So I think the biggest challenge is to be able to pull people out of I've got all these options and to drill it back into the to a one or two things that can actually help them be successful. There's a couple of ahas from that I'd like to unpackage. Um, one of the things you do a really good job of asking me and I'm sure a lot of clients is, OK, what's what's your one focus or one item that you want to accomplish? And that we can discuss. And if you were to complete that, what would be the second thing? Right. And you, you kind of take us through that funnel of one thing. And yeah. really, that forces you as the client to not focus on movement, but focus on result. Right. I think sometimes we get so busy having meetings and appointments and right. And we we, we mistake movement or busyness for production. And, and you help me with that. I want to read you this. This is from a, a different podcast we did recently, but it applies so fittingly. Um, to what you just said about how fast technology is moving and how fast the world is moving. And I'd like, I'd like to get your reaction to this. So here's the quote. The world is too big for us. There's too much doing, too many crimes, casualties, violence, and excitements. Try as you will, you get behind the race in spite of yourself. It's an incessant strain to keep pace and still you feel like you lose ground. Science empties its discoveries on you so fast that you stagger beneath them in hopeless bewilderment. The political world witnesses new scenes so rapidly that you're out of breath trying to keep up with them. Everything is high pressure. Human nature cannot endure much more. Seem familiar? End quote. Seem familiar? Does that express some of your feelings? Does that sum up the unique riddle that every individual is struggling with today? Before we jump to conclusions, we want to point out that that excerpt was published in the Atlantic Journal in 1837. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What's your reaction to that? Uh huh. The reaction is there always something. There's always something, right? I was talking to my son about this yesterday about the kids growing up in in this world and the generation. You know, we're working on. We've got seven generations in existence right now, and five are in the workforce, and they were all built around 
and inside of different environments, whether it was war or whether it's technology or, you know, whatever, there there are five different generations and generation A are the ones that are coming up now, you know, for heaven's sake, who knows what that's going to be like. But the bottom line is, we all had something to deal with at at some point. And it's nothing more than we just live in a very reactive world. Now we just get the news faster. Like that article that you just read probably took months or weeks to get out to the world. Now we get it in the next hour. Right. If that, that's the difference. So I agree with it. There's always something going on. It's how you react or respond to whatever's happening. And so much of that is mental right now. And we're watching corporations, not just real estate corporations, large churches that are requiring their pastors, their their managers and CEOs to take 30-day hiatuses every five years and even maybe even sooner than that. And so why is that? Because your brain has to totally shut down. Your brain has got to get quiet. Um, You know, uh, Dr. Dispenza is another great resource for that. And he talks about how to quiet your brain and get back into creativity to settle your brain down enough to go. And I don't think it was any different back then than now. It's just, we're moving at a faster pace now. Yeah. Is that, is that what you would recommend to somebody that is feeling for the last few years with COVID and um, maybe some political unrest and where our society is? Would, would you, is that what you would advise them to do is find a way to turn off the noise and, and silence their soul? Absolutely. Um, you know, even if it's every morning, for 30 minutes. I have a client right now that we laugh every week. And she said, okay, I got 15 minutes of quiet sitting in. I go, great. When can you get 20? And she's she's trying to work her way up to an hour. And she's a typical driver personality. And uh, she's like, okay, I'm up to 20. I mean, it's hard. When you're not used to it, it's hard. When you literally sit in the silence and try to shut your brain down, yeah. It's a morning ritual for me. Um, I don't sit necessarily. I get in different like stretching positions. But at the end of the day, my brain isn't thinking about anything. Right. But what I'm feeling in my body. And if you can take 30 days, I have a client that takes 30 days every year. He goes off radar, totally off radar. And the first call back when he gets back, it's like there's a new person there. Right. You know, it's funny that you say that. So I want to add this um, in the last. I don't know, six months or so, I've been adding this to opening sessions or interactions with a client coming off of vacation. I ask them this question, what activity or experience did you have on your two week trip that you'd like to build into your regular routine as a habit? Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the clients, she, she like paused and then she says, I had coffee Every morning with my husband, we got up 20 minutes earlier. We had a cup of coffee. And at the end of the day, at like 536 o'clock, I took my phone and I put it on do not disturb. And I did not look at it again until right before bed for like 15 minutes just to make sure nothing else. And she goes, that would be it. And I go, what would it look like if you just did that three days a week moving forward? And so now if you're listening and you're feeling that burnout, you're trying to silence the soul, you're trying to clear the head. You know, Terry just gave you a couple strategies to consider. I'm giving you one to consider too. Like what's a habit that you want to build from what you just experienced on your most recent trip? Think back, reflect back on your trip. What did you do that you were proud of? Or what did you do that 
filled that soul because we all come back from vacation. We're a new person. We're ready to roll. Then all of a sudden, two weeks later, the benefits of that trip are gone. And we don't we want to preserve that. We want to hold that special and make sure that we're we're learning from our vacations and applying that in our daily life. So here's the thing that, you know, I went through a, a within the last year, I went through a series of what does it mean to feel tired? And honestly, there naps fix being tired right? A nap will fix you. Rest will fix you. But when you're depleted mentally and physically, naps don't work. A rest doesn't work. In fact, you, when you're depleted, you can't sleep well. And so you have to find help to figure out what can I do to, to get me out of depletion. In fact, we're starting to see CEOs after five years step down, right? That's like the normal time frame for a CEO in any organization, to last in the past few years have just intensified that. So depletion is a real thing. And even if you just find, so my example, John, is when David and I learned that we could go somewhere where our cell service wasn't that great. Um, I had an excuse not to hold onto my phone all day long. It takes me about two days to really wind down out of an eight to nine day trip. And there's no clock. We shut off all the clocks in the room. We take our watches off our wrist. When we wake up, we wake up. When we go eat, we go eat. When we work out, we go work out. When we play golf, we play golf. You have to have a tea time for that. So you kind of get used to the time. But the bottom line is to not have a schedule and not have a clock. Yeah. That, by the time I get done with that week, I'm back again. The creativity starts coming back. Things start coming back to life again. You know, you mentioned social media earlier, and this will tie into what you just said. Um, about 10, 12 years ago, uh, we took a trip, my family, my mom, my dad, and my brother, we took a trip out to Boston and we saw Martha's Vineyard and Cape Cod and John F. Kennedy and all that stuff. It was awesome, like 12 week, 12 day trip. We road tripped. Well, one of the pictures on my memories, I took a picture of my dad on his Blackberry and I said, My dad is addicted to his Blackberry, right? And I didn't understand it at that time. I was 20 years old. I was some punk, whatever. And now at 32, um, I, I, I get it. I, I get being pulled and, and having so many hats that you're, I'm not a father yet, but being pulled into different directions. My point is, is that um, what you just said right there about unplugging and being in the moment and being present, what we call that at Forward Focus is is disconnecting to connect. Mm. And um you know, I've, I I have the pleasure and honor to golf with my dad every Tuesday on our golf league. We tee off at four o'clock and we've done so for the last three years. He's my partner in that quality time with him every Tuesday. There are memories that we are building and experiences that we're having together that are incredible. And so what you said about having little wins each week or each day to reset and refocus that. My example on that is not being on my phone during golf league, emailing and responding to fires, but being present with my dad, actually pulling out my eight iron and hitting a good shot into the, the green, right? And, and, and laughing with him. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to share that as a story too, because I think it relates to what you were just saying. Yeah, it does. You know, there's a song out there, uh, Until You Can't. And uh, there's a lot of words that you just said that Cody Johnson, wrap, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It, that wraps that up. Like, do it until you can't. And if I were to go back and relive some things, you know, both my parents are gone now, and I made a lot of decisions in my career that would have moved, that could have moved me away from being near my family. 
I wouldn't have gotten to be uh, there for the last moments, the last the last days of their life or to have been yeah. able to connect like we did. And here's stories that I thought my mom would have never told. Right. Um, if I would have been gone and taken some of these other roles in my world. And right. it's just more important for me to be here, to be grandma, to be, you know, whatever. That's more important for me to find joy here and do what I do. And and in those moments, I disconnect. I mean, today when we go shopping with the two littles, it we're going to disconnect for a few hours and get some shoes, right? Back to school shopping, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, I have a couple like kind of quicker questions, right? Just kind of first blush reactions. Okay, okay. Um, uh -huh. So what kind of feelings, if someone's having, maybe it's time for them to consider hiring a coach? What, what are they feeling? What are some things that they might be feeling where they should consider hiring a coach or looking into coaching? They're stuck. Like we use this, um, you know, diagram we call it one of the perspectives in our companies john right where you move from e to p and what that means is entrepreneurial to purposeful a lot of us get into this this spinning wheel especially with the economy that we've got going right now we get up every day and we work we just get up every day and we work maybe we're following a calendar maybe we're not we just get up every day and we work and a month right. down the road you're going what i do Right. Okay, here's what's in my bank account, but what did I just do and where is this taking me? And we don't stop long enough to figure it out. Or it could be that's all stopped for us and we don't know what to do next. We all get stuck. Right. Um, so that's the first thing when you're feeling stuck or it could be that, you know, there's something bigger for you. You're not stuck. You know, there's something bigger. You just know how to figure it out. Or maybe you're at bigger and you're like, man, I got to find a way to slow down. Like, I'm losing my family. I'm losing touch. I'm missing whatever's going on in my my kids' life. Right. Those are all times you stop and decide. So it's not just stuck. It's not just stuck in one area of your life. You you want to look at all areas: relationships, yeah. your physical health, your finances, your job, your business, right? Your your spirituality. Yeah. And if yeah. you feel stuck in one of those areas, you're either missing a relationship, or you're missing a, a system or tool to help you break through that. Right. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. And, and a coach is what helps you find, is it a person? Is it a system? Is it a tool? Is it me mentally? That's something that we haven't thrown into that mix. Is there more help that I need? You know, do I need another mentor in my life other than sure. financial, spiritual? Do I need another mentor to help me with this? Sometimes coaches help you do that. Another question. I, when I first got into coaching, I was told that you should change coaches every one to two years. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, that it, I, I talked to a, a gentleman that many people will know named Tony DeSello about this this past weekend. And there were things I had to get past Tony DeSello before I could even coach in our organization. I had to role play with him uh, scenarios and send recordings to him before I could ever be approved to be a coach yeah. back in the day. And we talked about this this past week because we attended a, a long time client's wedding. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, and yep. we were one of 70 guests there. And um, we talked about having a lifetime coach, as Tony said. And he said, you know, I used to believe that everybody needed to switch every year. And he goes, I'm looking at my life going, there are people in my life that would never want to start over again for as long as I'll have them. 
And there are people, John, that I've tried to fire myself from. I said, here's the deal. I don't feel like I'm making an impact anymore in your world and I'm going to fire you. And then they won't let me fire him. Right. So there are people that do need to go to a different level based on the world that they're in. And then there are people that there is no rule for that, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I think as long as you're making progress, as long as you see results, even if the coach doesn't feel you are. It's not, that's not the coach's decision. That's your decision, right? right? That's the client's decision. Right. And so I'll stick with people as long as I can, unless there's something being violated in my value system about that relationship. Very cool. Um, last kind of question. Do you have any um, words of wisdom? Do you have any shout outs you want to give or a, a memory you want to share as we uh, are getting to the end of our time together? Yeah, I want, I want, people to understand that um, coaching is not a sappy job. It's an accountability-based job. And you're going to choose a coach or choose a mentor in your life that's going to match up with what you feel about those things. What coaches do is they help the heart and brain connect, right? We've Going back to that care, trust, you can change my business. Um, how a person feels cared for is different based on how you're built. And I believe that a coach that's adaptable can help someone figure that out. And so just make sure that you have real clarity, whoever you're working with, they have, you have real clarity that one day you're going to have to probably get pretty vulnerable with your coach so that they can understand where you're going. Um, You know, I would, I could tell you that about 12, 14 years ago, when I really understood it was time for a big, big change in my life, that I had this phrase that I'm going to do, I'm going to do what others can't for the next five years so that I can have what others won't get, right? I'll do what others won't do so that I can have what others can't. That was the actual phrase. It was at the bottom of my email for years. And I got to where I wanted to be. I said a big audacious goal in five years. And I got there in less than five. And it shocked me and surprised me. And now I'm seeing this quote that is going around that says, do all the things you don't want to do as fast as you can. So you can do all the things you want to do for as long as you can. Yeah. And I'm kind of living in that now, right? Even though I'm still building However, there's a perfect balance with that as well. And the what the point I want to make yeah. is that we're all five years from where we want to be, literally. I mean, we're all five years or less, possibly from where we ever dreamed we could imaginably be. I mean, that that's what if you really want to get down to it, and then you look what happened to you in five years. Right. And I, if I would have done what I did in that four and a half years, about 10 years earlier, not a regret, just what it was. Right. Um, Life would be even different for me right now. So any, the passion I want to pass on to people is you're five years away from your perfect life. Awesome. I, I, you said that to me five years ago and I've lived it and put in the work and you've held me accountable to that work. Um, I wish we had another hour together. (laughs) I, I love I love interacting and, and um, being with you and alongside you and a partner with you in growth. Mm, and, I feel uh, the same. Very, Proud of uh, you. very grateful for our relationship. And I want to be really respectful of your other relationships. Uh, you have a, a big day plan. So 
We're going to cut it there. Thank you so, so much. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next coaching call. Thank you, John. I have such high respect for you. A big heartfelt thank you to Terry for carving time out of her busy schedule to sit with us today and share her experiences and pour into each and every one of us. If you found value in today's content, please be sure to subscribe so you never miss a lesson to be the leader that you deserve to be. And until next time, lead on. Thank you.